Okay, good morning. It's May 22nd. Nice day out there. It's about 10 a.m. here as we record. Uh, 10.30, I guess it is. About 80 degrees out there, just in advance of a long weekend. I think we deserve it. I think we deserve it. <laughs> Poor Justin. I was just talking to Justin down in the Mid-Atlantic. A job we did, uh, we finished it last year. Uh, it was in the river, and the high river there, flooding stage is 12 feet, and he said it's now at 24 feet. Yeah, the Roanoke River. Yeah. Beautiful place. Yeah, they're getting killed down there with rain right now. So, so uh, you know, we're, we're thinking about you guys down in the Mid-Atlantic. It's been a rough week weather-wise, uh, whereas up here we've really enjoyed a, a great week of weather. So you hear this gentleman on the other end here talking with me. It's Pat Dubé, our chief estimator. And I've asked Pat to be on. It's been a rough week for you, hasn't it? Yeah, good morning, Herb. Glad to be here again. Uh, yeah, it has been. You always say that. You never mean it. Of course I do been a very unpleasant week for me, Herb, so <laughs> I have to say. Uh, we had some real close seconds this week, unfortunately. Uh, I had a lot of bids, and I don't think there's anything worse than second place except for a real close second place. So it's, uh, <laughs> so we had two bids on Wednesday that were within 10,000. Uh, one was within 10,000 bucks. The other was 20,000 bucks. One, no, 20 and 30, right? 20 and 30, yep. And then Thursday we had one that was 10,000 bucks. In Charlottesville for $10,000, yeah. So, I mean, on $1.7 million. When it gets that close, it's really it's the luck of the draw. Yeah. I mean, we, well, we, but it shows you how, uh, and we'll get into this a little bit later too, but it shows you how very, very, very small things across the course of a project can can add up and make the difference. They do. Yep. So in, in one way, I guess I look at this, yeah, it's been a bummer for a week, but it kind of reminds us how things used to be. Yep. For sure. We're looking at, uh, you know, Job costs every day, and that's how we—that's really how we uh, yep. present our bids, and that's what we base it on. And uh, so it really—it's all depending on job costs. So, so before we drill into that, I just wanted to kind of outline what we're going to talk about. I've, I've got Pat. We're going to talk about estimating, looking ahead at, at the market. You know, just uh, what the estimating team really means to the company, and I—I I think uh, we kind of take them for granted sometimes. To be honest with you, that what they what they mean to us and and a week like this kind of points out the importance so we're going to hit on safety a little bit and just talk about last week's results and then we're going to move on to shout outs which i'm going to start calling rainmakers <laughs> now this is new to you right you didn't know that didn't know that no. no this week you're not a rainmaker i'm, I'm sorry pat <laughs> teach me chief <laughs> Pick up a job next week, and you'll be a rainmaker. I think you got new good news on the horizon, though. I think some stuff's coming out. Yeah. Hoping, yep. so. so we'll put you on the rainmaker list. You just gave your whole crew a, a rainmaker shout-out last uh, two weeks ago, right? Uh, yeah, it's enough on them. We want to spoil them too much. Right. Well, like Tasha always says, you're not spoiled if you appreciate it. <laughs> okay, so back to uh, estimating. Looking ahead, what do you see the bidding world look like? And I'm say, when I say looking ahead, let's talk 6 to 24 months. Wow, get my crystal ball. Well, I don't mean in terms of what projects, yeah. but just 
I think this past week was kind of a little bit of a barometer of what's coming. Well, I think uh, there's definitely more competition out there. We've had to tighten it down a little bit on some of these projects to, to be to be this that close second. So uh, we've been getting a little bit more aggressive, but uh, I think we're going to have to be probably a little bit more aggressive coming coming in the future. So uh, seems to be a lot of bidders out there, uh, and they're not going away anywhere. Yeah, you know? the market is shrinking. I, I think it is. Yeah, I'm you know, and which is I think we saw that you know when this whole COVID nineteen thing took place, we said, "Hey, wow, this is going to be nasty." Boy, we sure are glad we got the backlog we've got. And thank you, you and your team, for that backlog, by the way. Appreciate that. We're, we're always hoping to pick up some more here. But, uh, yeah, this COVID thing has certainly put a damper on uh, yeah. future bidding. And uh, Justin went to a pre-bid the other day down in North Carolina, just to give you for instance. And I think they there were way too many people for the meeting, and I had to take it outdoors. And what the influence was was the North Carolina DOT uh, had – a bunch of a big program for this year, but they scaled it all back. So all these people are now getting into our type of work, which is the landfills and the airports. So they're coming into our realm down there. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's, I think we're going to see more so, of that. So that's just one example, but that's example is kind of replicated across the states and across the country. Uh, I know in Maine, uh, the DOT is now, because there's so fewer people driving right now, they derive a lot of their income from, uh, the gas tax that people pay when they when they fuel up, and uh, I think the the last number I heard is they're running like twelve to eighteen million dollars a month less revenues, and that's a lot. Yeah, that's going to hurt the, uh, the the certainly the transportation program and the projects that they put on the streets. So they do have a couple coming out that we're we're targeting, um, so uh, that that will help. But uh, certainly the environment, the bidding environment, is going to get tougher for the next six months. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, you know, we're very fortunate with the backlog we have for this year. We still need some work for later in the year, um, and we're working on that. I know you guys are working hard on that, you know, but we're still 2021 is uh, 2021 is is could be dicey, and we're going to have to kind of get in the corner. Yeah, like I said earlier, we're going to have to tighten our belt a little bit on, and sharpen the pencil a bit on some of these bids. Yep. So that's that's definitely coming down. We, I see it. The projects, uh, I see it kind of swelling down. We usually have a slowdown coming in June and July. Uh, I see that happening right now. Yeah, uh, We're hoping to pick up a few jobs before that. Obviously, we, typically what, what happens, we rip through some work pretty good. Fashion, these, the guys are working hard out there. We're getting some decent weather. And uh, typically around middle of August, we, we start to see a little slowdown. And so we need to pick up some work for August and September. I know Eric was on a couple weeks ago and he said it's, you know, it's unusual for us this year because we started the year with a peak. We got so much going on right now. You know, they're working to cover projects and doing a great job at it. They're blowing through some work and and the people are out there working safely and, and, you know, along this COVID-19 rules. And we'll touch on it later, but we've had, you know, one very minor injury over the last few weeks. And and that was the result of windblown dust. So I'll touch on that in a little bit. One thing I want to, I want to point out is you guys, when you make and fill out and sign a bid and it goes into the owner, uh, not to put too much gravity on you here, but you guys literally hold the resources of the company, like in the palm of your hand. And I know you, I know you guys take it seriously. We do. It's, it's, it's pretty nerve wracking. Uh, bid day. I still, after doing this for 32, 33 years, I still get, uh, 
the nerves, the yeah. shakes and stuff on bid day. And uh, I think that keeps me sharp and keeps me going. And uh, I think that's important that you have that. I have that nerve because one little mistake uh, on a document, uh, that's all it takes. And Yeah, it might, might be rejected because of a missed addendum or a missed signature right. somewhere or whatever. And we talked about Leah and Kim in the past and the great work they've done getting bids ready. They have, yep. Um, there's a lot of rejection in this business, right? I mean, you, you've experienced a lot of rejection this week. And so last night I went out and grabbed you a beer and brought <laughs> it back to the office for you. I appreciated that. I, I had a feeling for you. And like if, if you went through all this for 30 years and then you went to back to a high school dance, you wouldn't, wouldn't bother you to ask somebody to dance because you're used to all the rejection, right? I'd probably be uh, a little kind of... <laughs> No, it's it's uh, it's it's a quite a process to go through. I mean, it's a lot of work putting bits together, but uh, it's sometimes you get the good ones and you have to take yeah. you have to take good with the bad. So, right? so the, the the truth of the matter is, nobody out there in the field does anything until you guys submit a bid and win a job. That's right. So it starts with us. Uh, and the good jobs, the bad jobs, and he just slid across a piece of paper asking for a raise. Now <laughs> that's great. So you mentioned. Uh, Typical jobs. Run me through like a typical project uh, that that might come into you to bid, and and just kind of explain, not in gory detail, but you know, kind of the steps you take so, so to get it done. Obviously, we we uh, secure obtain the documents first. That's the first thing we do. We do a takeoff. We do uh, research. So um, takeoff means you're you're taking off all the quantities. You're estimating all the quantities we have to do. Correct on on particular projects. Different. Uh, Projects go to different owners, different uh, delivery methods, but uh, for the most part, we do our own takeoffs and CAD work and earthwork and pipelines and all that good stuff. So uh, we look at job costs uh, as we're putting similar projects. We'll go back for similar projects and pull so, some, some so of those. see what the production rates were in the past. Absolutely. Yep. So we'll compare all those. Uh, we'll do in-house reviews with my guys uh, a couple days or day before the bid, and then uh, we wrap it up with a. Uh, Markup review with uh, with you and Eric, so uh, that's it's 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 pretty basic stuff. But, yeah, uh, it can be pretty detailed. So. so you mentioned historic production rates. It would be an unusual thing for us to bid a new job with lower production rates than we've done in the past, wouldn't it? For sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we'd we'd kind of be lying to ourselves to do that. Yeah, I mean, it, and when you say tighten up our bids, we we push the envelope sometimes, and we uh, we say well. We look at the historical job costs. Say, well, this this job could have gone a little better if we done this, and so we will scale up, try to tighten it up a little bit, and see if we can get instead of getting 100 feet, we think we can get 120 that day yeah. on that piece of pipe. So um, we'll, we'll do that. But that's one of the reasons it's so important when you look at that historic production. It's so important for that to be like as good as it can possibly be. For sure. The, the so when we do it in the field, it's so important. Because that's what makes us competitive going forward. Yes, and, and the cost going to the right item is is really paramount for us. Uh, because there's other cost in an activity that uh, it could skew the skew us one way or the other. So about I don't know, six or eight years ago, I went on a job and and we were moving dirt and I I recognized a couple things that I thought we could change to better production and the person I was talking to said, well, we're moving it for budget anyways. So <laughs> just what you wanted to hear. Well, <laughs> I mean, so that is good news that we're moving it for budget, not over budget. But the thing is, we've already got that job. We don't have to bid that. We've already on that job, doing that job. And our productivity and our production rates really build into what we bid future jobs at. For sure. And 
in this world, in this, in this business, we've seen it for decades, right? People lie to themselves about what can be done when, you know, people get really optimistic. It, yeah, there's no doubt. It, you know, a day like today, the sun's out, right? Yeah. And boy, we can move 8,000 yards a day. You forget it's going to rain three days, you know, or eight days a month or whatever. And there's been obviously bids where we've had to do that. Where we didn't have the work. We knew we we're going to have a lull, keep guys busy. Uh, so we'll push the envelope sometimes. And, and when we do that, it's kind of a leap of faith. Like, it is. we're going to do this. We're going to hope the, the crew can can make it work. And, and most often, than not, more often than not, it does respond well. They do respond well. They do, yep. Just talking about, I know you guys, uh, you guys have bowled through since you've been back in this role about seven years now, uh, about seven, you do about a billion dollars worth of bidding a year, right? That's correct. Anywhere from like seven, 800 million to about a billion dollars yeah. a year, depending. So yeah. you've put in a, about say $7 billion worth of bids. I'd say on round numbers. Yeah. And over the course of that period, we've done, let's say about 700 million. So, so 10% of it. About 10%. And that's typically what the uh, cap shot capture ratio is. It's the last couple of years, it's been a little higher, thank God. Yeah. Because we've been a little bit more selective the last two years. We've had the luxury of being yeah. selective. So uh, that we've been up pushing 15 to 18% uh, capture ratio. So that selectivity is probably going to go out the window. Well, I hope not, Herb. I hope so, I, you know, back in the last downturn, uh, one of the ways I looked at it is, is we just we have to take construction work. So we don't necessarily get to choose what we do, but we get to choose how we do it. And, you know, hopefully safely and productively. And, and you hear me saying productivity a lot, and I swore I'd stop using that word and use execution instead. But Pat got me on it, so it's his fault. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dupe. Oh, Just because you're having a bad week, don't rub it off on the rest of us. So about 10, sometimes 15%, Yes. you know, we, we get a, a hit ratio. So that just gives you an idea how much how much work we have to bowl through in, in terms of estimating. Ten times more than we do. Yeah, we, uh, we look at a lot of documents. We look at a lot of plans. Uh, I, 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 mean, I see so many plans every year that uh, uh, it's, it's a little overwhelming at times. But uh, luckily right now we're picking and choosing a little bit. So, yeah. So there's a lot of internal and external things that, to me, when I was estimating, that, that made estimating more difficult. And I guess I'm I'm asking you what those might be inside the company, uh, so I'm I'm just focusing more on the internal things that make that make it difficult for you to put in a a competitive or a good estimate. Mm, putting me on the spot there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we already so talked about one being the historic production. So it's it's kind of like when we look at ten jobs in the past and we've done this, 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 and this for productions. And for us to sit here and say, we can do better this time. It's tough to put yourself in that position. There's no doubt. It's de it's risky. Uh, and that's probably the biggest part of uh, my job is to identify risk yeah. on projects. Uh, that's a huge thing, especially in our line of work, which is sub mostly subsurface work. Yeah. That in it, a lot of unknowns there. Knowing where rock is versus dirt. Exactly. And type of dirt. And type of dirt. Is, where the water table is. There's a lot of elements there. I don't want to get into the nitty gritty, but no. uh, the risk items are being identified. That's the, the toughest part. And sometimes that takes external resources like Eric and his crew might dispatch, you know, a foreman and, a, and an operator to go dig test holes on yeah. a project to get a better idea what the rock is, what the rock quality is, where it is. 
For sure. That helps a lot. I mean, in, in these days, unfortunately, engineers are bidding projects to get them for design work and they're not putting the time, a lot of them are, for the geotech work. Uh, they're trying to cut corners and yeah. push, it, push, it, push the risk onto the contractors more. So and we see a lot of that now. And, uh, as far as you get uh, a lot of sub numbers, a lot of materials numbers. Uh, so it's the way we look at subs and materials is there's not much risk in that because somebody gives us a quote and, and that's what we end up paying them when we do the work. For sure. The big risk item is, is really the labor and equipment. It's our own self-perform work. And that's not to say there's not any risk in subs, especially these days where, you know, some subs may be more financially strapped and there's a, there's a potential for, for sub failure, but really the big variable is our own labor and equipment. That's right. I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly how we put the work in place. And uh, so that, that is the toughest part of the project to identify and to price. And a lot of people look at the estimate that you guys make and they go, what the hell? They gave me a 326 cat and this and this and this and this. And I don't even have, I've got a 336 cat. <laughs> how am I supposed to make budget? When you put an estimate together, you're not necessarily coordinating the resources that will be used. You're estimating. We're estimating, yeah. We assume the size of equipment that they have, they're going to need for the project, but that's about it. We don't know the exact actual model and the type of equipment. So so if we get a 336 on a job versus a 326, what that means is that's a more capable machine. And in theory, we should be able to get more production out of that machine in the run of a day. For sure, yep. And in a lot of situations, that is true in a dirt loading or or a straight ahead situation that is true when we get on a job that has a lot of conflicts it's harder to get more production it with is. that yep for sure yep. the tim folster always used to say that it's your budget that you look at it's not the crew that you estimated put in there correct so it's this is your budget so and another thing tim used to say is we can't establish the crew we can't set up the crew for the best day you'll ever have we've got to set up the crew for what we think are the are the best average days we can have. Correct. So, for instance, in Preble Street, those guys are, are dealing with a lot of conflicts. And in that project, we probably wouldn't, wouldn't put a 349 there because uh, it's just he's going to be sitting all the time with conflicts yeah. versus a 329. I'm giving you the pulpit here. What would you say to the crew with this opportunity? With this, <laughs> with this well, opportunity you have, Right before a long well, I, weekend. First of all, I appreciate everybody's hard work out there. There's no doubt. I mean, uh, you guys would make it happen. So I know that. And the better you guys do, the, the sharper we can get on our, our projects and bids in the future. And uh, that's just going to help us uh, secure some more work uh, to keep us uh, going down the road. And that is really important. You know, the better everybody does, the better we are at the estimating world, the more competitive we are. Uh, so, so those guys, and when we start talking about shout outs, it's like, these are the guys that are, that are looking ahead and bringing value every day and, and making it better. I want to jump on to safety really quick. I don't have a lot. Again, uh, we did have one OSHA recordable injury last week. I think it happened on a, on a Wednesday. And uh, I'm going to sign off here with Pat. He's got to go to a meeting. So, Okay, Herb. Yep. I'll be talking to you later. Thank you, Pat, for leaving me alone with this Motley crew You're here. To, Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> so we did have one injury last week and it was a really really mild injury it was uh, actually the result of, of dust blowing across the uh, project and got inside the guy's safety glasses 
So he's he's agreed. I'm going to go ahead and give him a shout-out. It's Alex Morgan. He's agreed to uh, try a number of different safety glasses on for us. So when we're in a high wind area or something like that, we, uh, we can hopefully do better to prevent that sort of thing from happening. So I want to thank Alex for being willing to do that. I believe that brings us to four OSHA recordables on the year. I don't have the math in front of me that uh, tells us the OSHA recordable rate. That's four more than we want, but we can go with zero from here, and I'll press on that some more. I'm going to move on to shout-outs, or as I said, I'm going to call them rainmakers from now on. And I, I do want to say uh, I'm relying primarily on operations managers to get me these shout-outs, although I do get some from supers once in a while. And what would really be cool, uh, we text this podcast to you, is if you're working with somebody that you feel ought to be mentioned here as, as a rainmaker, shout-out, just text that person's name back. And uh, that I just think it would be much more organic, much more democratic, and, and it would feel better to me. Uh, I f- it doesn't feel right that I have to send out a dragnet every week to get shout-outs. I think we all are doing a great job, everybody out there. And if you could just text back someone that you appreciate working with and, and maybe uh, what job they're on and why, that would be great. So I'm going to start out now. I did get one, uh, a few for Rumford. And uh, one was for Keith Wasson. He's been working in the basements there, uh, doing cellar walls and uh, doing a great job. Chris Lynch, Doug Dickinson, and Curtis Bro are over there working together. And, and Doug and Chris are really doing a great job with Curtis. He's a, he's a new trainee foreman for us. Uh, just started the spring about three weeks ago, and he's uh, he's really picking it up fast. He's showing uh, he's he's like a sponge, and these guys, Doug's, you know, relatively new himself. Doug Dickinson, about five years with us now, and so these guys are doing a great job with, uh, you know, with bringing Curtis in and getting him up to speed and working along. Uh, ben Woodward Jr. Uh, I got one from uh, Tim LePage. We wanted to give uh, Ben the Rainmaker Award this week. And basically what what Tim said is Ben is killing it. I think I assume that's a good thing. He's working with Aaron Layton over there, working on doing underground power. Another batch of shout-outs I got from Sean Milligan uh, over in Antrim. Uh, he says Mike Parody, Harvey Holmes, and Keegan Quimby went out there and really banged out the, the Antrim project in New Hampshire. It's a wind power project we did most of last year. And over in Walpole, Joshua Dearborn is is killing it on, uh, now that Tim LePage told me that phrase, killing it, I'm going to use it all the time. He's killing it on box cuts over there in Walpole. Down in West Gardner, I'm going to give Adam Ingersoll a shout-out. And the reason I'm giving Adam one is because he gave me one. So Herb Sargent's got a shout-out today. And Adam gave me a shout-out because I unhooked his... Uh, his barrier lifting apparatus from his machine. That's the first real work I've done in, I think, about 18 months. Uh, and then I hooked it back up for him afterwards. Thanks for that, Adam. Appreciate it. I want to give Sheila Ellis a shout-out. I've forgotten here over the last few weeks. We had the uh, guess the price of a 336 cat excavator, and Sheila Ellis was exactly on the money at $270,000. 
I'm thinking maybe she happened to see the quote on Tim Richards' desk. But she was right on the money, so she gets a $25 gift certificate. Also wanted to mention Paul Elk working at the uh, Auburn Airport. He commented to the foreman to make sure that they roll the subgrade next to the underdrain, a small berm of soil between the underdrain and the subgrade. And it was Paul's point that that should be rolled flat so water can actually get into the underdrain. That really speaks to the quality that our folks work on, and, and I you know, appreciate him stepping up and pointing that out. So that wraps up our safety talk, it wraps up our shout-outs, Rainmaker Awards. I do, again, ask you to text your Rainmakers back, and Derek will, will uh, get those to me. We can get them all in one place right now the way it is. I'm, I'm searching through several emails a week to make sure I don't miss anybody. So text your Rainmakers back, text any comments back. We're trying to keep this one short. I think I'm going to be under half an hour on this one. Once again, I appreciate everybody's work out there. We do have a great backlog ahead of us. Uh, It's going to get dicey in terms of estimating. I think Pat's message this week was timely. So I appreciate him coming on. I hope you all have a great, safe weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, and let's get next week wrapped up with zero accidents. Thank you.